0: Today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment Oh eight six two one hundred 103
1: 103 And uh, Mark Malone, our movie reviewer joins us uh, Good afternoon to you Mark Hi Patricia And you are very welcome Okay, you went along to the movies for us And you went to see Bill and Ted face the music And then there's another movie that you reckon I'm going to like Called Greed But let's start, we have a trailer from Bill and Ted Ready
0: Bill? Ready Ted Dude, we've spent our whole life
2: trying to write the song that will unite the world
0: why can't we just go to the future when we have written it and take it from ourselves?
2: No way. Our dads are totally in trouble. We should help them out. Dude, let's get that song.
0: Let's rock!
1: Now we've got a comedy here. Now just
2: remind people about Bill and Ted. Yeah, so um, they're they're the band of the Stallions, and so they think that music can kind of bring the world together. And so, I, I don't know, have you seen any of the first uh, yeah, two? Yeah, I, uh, you know. I remember the first one anyway, yeah. Yeah, certainly the first one, this is very similar to the first one. I okay. went back and watched the first two, actually, to, okay. just in preparation for this. The second film is the oddest, weirdest thing I have ever seen. I didn't realise how strange it was. And when you look back and you just think, who? Okay, but it is great in a sense that it's just really weird. But this one is very much like the first one again, very innocent, very sweet, and um, and very enjoyable uh, for that matter. At first, of course, uh, you think thirty years later, you know, it's been thirty years since the second movie. Yeah, because I was going to say, when was when was it's the n- Bill and Ted movies? Is it thirty years? Yeah, it's about thirty years. It's close to it anyway. Yeah, okay. and you think no, no, surely not. Because can you take the two boys seriously if they're in their fifties, going, yo, dude? That's, like, really bodacious, you know? And you're going... And is that what yes. they're doing? They do. Oh. they do still talk like that. But at least the way in which they acted—I mean, because they're very, two very good actors, uh, Alex Winter and uh, Keanu Reeves—and so they're basically, you, you, they basically you get away with it because, of course, you know they would still talk like that in their fifties. And sure, why wouldn't they? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But they don't kind of overdo it. You know, they don't—they don't behave like children. I mean, they're grown-up men now. They have kids. They've got to. They both got a daughter each, and the two daughters are doing impersonations of them. Very, very good. Especially Keanu Reeves' daughter. I am. Um, I think her name is... what is it Um, I've got it written up Bridget Lundy Payne is her name and she does this terrific impersonation of Keanu Reeves and it's fabulous and the two girls just love their fathers I mean they just adore them and when we first see the two boys they're still at the Wild Stallions they're at a wedding they're doing a wedding band and the music is awful it is terrible as it always was but the girls just think it's just the The best best. thing they've ever heard you know what I mean (laughs) and at the core of course have been and Ted as these two characters these two men who absolutely love and adore each other there's a lovely moment they're married now because they got married To princesses in the first film, they went way back in time. They brought two princesses from the 13th century, uh, you know. And so they go to couples therapy, and the therapist says, "Right, boys, I want you to look at your wives individually and tell them that you love them." And the two boys look at their wives and go, "We love you," you know. Uh. So at the core is this lovely relationship between these two men who just absolutely love and adore each other. So there's that's that's the whole thing about the film. It's sweet and it's loving and it's silly. I mean, yeah, it's it's absolute nonsense but it's nonsense in a really really sweet and loving way I remember giving out to my wife some time ago about modern movies because I said look all modern movies are all in the dark and in corners and stuff where are those kind of movies that the were bright and cheerful and Bill funny Bill and Ted movies and here we go yeah. and, and here's Bill and Ted you know and it's it's funny they have to uh, come up with this song to save the world and they go into the future to meet because they haven't written it yet but yeah. they know future themselves have so they go into the future and meet various versions of themselves in the future they're not always very nice at times which is oh. kind of interesting to try and find when they wrote the song so that they can bring it back and save the world world. in the meantime the girls do the opposite the girls they decide to go back uh, into the past and try and get some of the greatest musicians of all time to come into the future to perform the song to help save the world so they go back and they meet up with Jimi Hendrix and they meet up with Mozart and they meet up with Louis Armstrong and it's just absolutely terrific yes it's very silly and very stupid but in a good way and I smiled and laughed throughout the whole
1: thing but but you know when you sit down to watch Bill and Ted, you you know that's what you're going. You're well, going to Well, I wasn't
2: sure because obviously yeah. thirty years
1: later, yeah, was yeah. it going yeah, to work? it Could have been disaster. It, it could have been it terrible. Could have been disaster. But you
2: know, it's not. It's a really good. But fun. it wasn't. So,
1: market at a ten?
2: I'll give it. I'll give it, a, I'll give it a ten. Ten? So why, not? why not? Why? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why
1: not? And your suggestion to, to 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 people of a certain generation coming to it, to bid and Ted for the first time, the younger generation. Go back and track down the other ones do, as well. Do, yeah, I
2: do. Yeah. Certainly the first one anyway. As I said, the second one is a bit weird, but uh, certainly, Did yeah, your daughter I watch it? She, she hasn't watched I haven't watched it on my own because she hasn't seen the first two yet. Oh, I do. And she I kept do. saying, Dad, I want to see the first two. She first. She'll love them. I think she will. Yeah, yeah. she will love them. Okay, then the, the second movie
1: is another comedy, but it's a comedy slash drama and it's called Greed.
2: It's a satire, really. It's a okay. satire about uh, the super rich and it is based on a, a, a particular person whose name I won't mention. Uh, but he is a famous person. He's involved in the rag trade. He, uh, you know, he's uh, like the king of the high street. And it,
1: is it very obvious when you're watching it who they're talking about?
2: If you, um, in the last couple of years, were reading the newspapers, yes, not. I think yeah, so, okay. yeah. Because the person in, in question does exist and knew it was about him. They asked him, was he going to watch the film? And he said, no, I'm not. Um, yeah. So the thing is, is that it's about uh, this man who just is just interested in money that's all he's interested in money um, it's the character here Sir Richard McCready played by uh, Steve Coogan when we first meet him he's coming up to his 60th birthday and he wants to uh, put this huge party together in Mykonos with lions and he wants to build this huge auditorium and everybody's going to be in togas they're trying to find out who they can get as cheaply as possible they find out that you know is going to cost a million but they can get uh, Tom Jones for 350,000 so as he says well get me two Tom Jones then <laughs> and um, so we do at the start of the film we we do go right back to when he was a young man and we find out exactly why, why he's driven to try and make uh, as much money as possible because he feels that the whole world is against him that he's a bit of a loner and that all his and from then on all he wants to do is make as much money as possible but doing so in a way that is really kind of corrupted and kind of moral in a way really and one of the ways he does it is because he produces clothes and sells clothes on the high street and of course the way you do that is you go to places like Bangladesh and you go to places uh, like the Philippines and you have uh, these sweatshops mainly populated by women and he would go there and he would work out a deal and uh, as cheap and cheap and cheap as possible which not meant worried
1: a, about the workers not
2: caring about the workers and of course because of that they then have to work doubly hard longer hours in terrible conditions so that this man can afford his yacht worth 130 million which he parks off uh, you know the, the coast of Nicholas and has this crazy party with Sting and uh, you know and, um, and so but whilst doing that I mean the film because it's a satire there's an awful lot of comedy here and yes the, the character of Steve Cooper is is completely way over the top, I and mean, with his ridiculous white teeth and, and bleached hair. I mean, do you end up liking him? See, this is the problem. It's funny now you should say that because we're supposed to hate him as the film goes on because he's an obnoxious, horrible character. He doesn't yeah. care. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. And um, and by the end of the film, you're supposed to hate him. But that's its fault, and that's its main fault for me because you're, every time Steve Coogan is not on screen, you're thinking. Where is he? I bring him back! I want him. And part of the, the so problem, I like
1: Steve Coogan. That's
2: but I'm not as easy a terrific actor. But also, unfortunately, what the script they gave him—that some of the lines are like sta- a stand-up routine. So, and nobody really talks like that. And so they're all jokes. These really—and they're funny jokes. And of course, you're laughing and you're enjoying seeing him on screen. Whereas in reality, you're supposed to hate him. Mm. And I don't think uh, the reality of uh, you know what they were trying to achieve here uh, by pointing out the fact that uh, you know greed is terrible and, and that people are being abused. Um, they only really kind of approach that near the end of the. Film. Whereas up until then, it's it's mostly a comedy. I wanted more of the serious stuff. I wanted more of that. I wanted to know the reality of uh, how these people uh, live and and, and die. Uh, you know, trying to produce these clothes for the world. And that's the reality. I mean, there's a very good chance that the clothes you and I are wearing right now have been made in these sweatshops mm. by these women in terrible yeah. conditions. And so, um, and so, it. I, I don't think it achieved its aim quite as well as it it, it should have done. But because of that, and because of uh, Steve Coogan, and um, there's a whole host of comedians in this, like Stephen Fry and many others um, and
1: there Stephen Fry is appearing as Stephen Fry as
2: Stephen Fry yeah, yeah but there's yeah. a lot of comedians uh, who you recognise uh, who yeah. are obviously friends of Steve Cook and, and um, yeah I mean it's, I th- I was, it was very very entertaining the whole way through even though I, I don't think it quite achieved what it said what out it to set achieve, out to yeah. do. okay but well worth a watch very much so
1: mark it out of 10 I'll give it 8 8 out of 10 okay that is uh, called Greed okay thank you for that have a lovely week
0: and we'll chat next Friday that's uh, Mark Malone our movie reviewer